film fans, it's getting to be the holiday season, so we have lots of new releases to talk about. So, you sound much better than you did on the radio last night. I know, I know. Well, it comes, it goes. It's weird. Like now, I'm gonna be well, congested. Now, you were Stop a it. Full Kathleen Turner last. Night. <laughs> that is we're Jim Bats, our special guest. Hello, as, everybody! And as they say it on uh, set on MST3K, we got movies. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of movies. Yeah. We have major releases right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, lots of them. And, sure. and we're in a festive mood because they're starting to get good. Well, well, they're they're getting to be more serious and not as lightweight as they they have been during the summer, that's for sure. Although there's one this week that uh, that oh, that opened up that could have been a summer release. But. We'll talk about Parasite in just a moment. Around minute eleven, we'll talk Frozen two. Around minute nineteen, we'll talk about The Irishman. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Around minute thirty nine, Frankie. Around minute fifty, Jim hates it. Around minute fifty four, twenty one bridges. Around minute fifty nine. DVDs out this week, and we'll wrap up Sliff at one hour and four minutes. Let's start with the one that everybody loves that I didn't see, and it's the one that you guys are going to talk about and not spoil anything for me. Ooh, oh, it's a tough one. Can you do it? Yeah. yeah it's well, hard. To, well, to what film are you talking about? I'm talking about the Korean film oh. Parasite. Oh, okay. okay. This is the movie that everyone should probably go see, right? Right. If you're, well, it's a it, yeah. it's genre bending if you're not a fan of violence. I don't know, but if you like, if you like movies like The Sixth Sense, where nobody spoils the big surprises, I think people are honoring this. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is a a little bit of social commentary. I I I, I a don't lot yeah, of social commentary. I, I should have the the, the, the director's name <laughs> offhand. I know that he did. She, oh, she's rehearsed Boon. it. Yeah, it's Boon. Because that's his in in Korea. Your last their name's last first. name's first. Okay, so, so it's Boon Juno. Yeah, I think I I'm caught on a little bit during the, the film. Even though it's subtitled, I could you know kind of tell that they were kind of switching things around. And every once in a while, they they do uh, fit in some English uh, sentences and phrases into it. And but, you uh, are not as big of a fan as like the rest of the world, is it? You like it, but you're not on board. I, yeah, I, I I like it. It 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 certainly took went some, went to some unexpected places. Uh, I uh, I certainly would put it in in the top of uh, the uh, the foreign films this year. That's for certain. Oh, yeah. is it as but good as Roma was last year? Oh um, no, no, it, I don't I think, think so. Oh, you think it's better than Roma? <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm a big fan of social commentary, and I like this guy's work. I liked Snowpiercer. Did you I like Oja? I haven't seen. I have a copy. I haven't seen it though. Oh, it's, it should still be on Netflix. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, Elephant movie. So he's he's oh. So he did Snowpiercer. Yes. And he did Oja. Yeah. That's the that was the mythical like the animal movie. Yeah. Yeah. He has got a really great style. His uh, Snowpiercer was in English though. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, Uh, but Oja. Tilda Swinton and. Chris Evans. Captain Marvel. Oh, no, Captain America. Captain America is in it. Octavia Spencer, too. Mm-hmm. So the less you know about this, the better. But I think we can talk about it because it is so well made. You see the, the only thing you see, and I have not watched the trailer because I'm trying to stay as ignorant of this as possible, but the poster just has... A whole bunch of people on a lawn. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's it's you know it's very effective. It's one of these movies that is that stays with you, gets under your skin, and you think about it, and it's very haunting. Uh, if you, uh, it's based. The basics are the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's based in Seoul, Korea. Um, they are uh, the Kim family is very poor. And the Park family is very wealthy. How about that bathroom at the uh, at their the, the place there? Oh. That the, the Kim family. The 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 Kim family is apartment is squalid and cramped it is and, a basement apartment pretty oh much. and it's really pretty disgusting dirt floors and, and, and uh, uh you know, all view of uh, the drunks relieving themselves oh, yes night. and 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 uh uh bugs and uh <sighs> Yeah. You know, uh, the the five senses, I will say this, the, the director, the five senses come into play here. You can't smell. It isn't like John Waters smell a vision, but you well, can heaven. imagine the Ugh. smell of some things. And the smell is part of the key plot. What is uh, interesting here is um, one of the there's two college age kids and one of the college um, age sons, friends tells him that he's been tutoring this rich girl 
but he's on his way to university, and so he could maybe get him in to take his place because he so. wants to come back and marry the rich girl. Mm-hmm. Yes, because she'll be when she enters college. You know, he wants to uh, hook up with her when he's in his what third or fourth year, and he doesn't want you know any of his current buddies to uh, to be with her because they'll be just hitting on her and right. spoil everything. And so, what's so funny is, so he they fake his documents. You know, his resume and the yeah. sister is a really good con artist. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. he gets hired by this family. And the dad is a, a, a entrepreneur businessman. And the woman is a little dim. But oh, she's, yes. <laughs> she's all about status. All about status. And they have two spoiled brats. Yeah. And <laughs> you can see the 16 year old is being tutored. And uh, what is he, about six or seven or something like that? A little boy who is obsessed with uh, Native Americans. He's got He's, bows uh, and arrows. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. The, and the, a headdress. The, the, the now, are you telling it. me too much already? No, 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 no. no, no, no we're no, just no. setting it up. Yeah. So somehow the Kim family concocts this elaborate scheme some people think they're that they're not they're not so smart to do this but i believed it and the dad becomes the driver the mom becomes the housekeeper and the girl becomes the art therapist for the little boy the little boy has trauma which Mm. we're not going to get into because that's part of the whole plot. So so they have to act like they don't know each other. Oh. And so they're now raking in dough and having a blast. Working for the rich family. Because they now can get good food and mm-hmm. and everything. Move out and of the squalor apartment. awful place that we're yeah. living. Yeah. yeah. Some hours from that, away from that. It's great. So they got rid of uh, some of the servants. So this will come back into, you know, like, so they're trying not to be found out. And then the plot takes some turns, which we can't say. Yeah, yeah, at about the halfway point, I guess, right? Maybe Right. Well, because it's two hours and 15 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, so right. maybe at the one-hour mark, it really makes a detour. Yeah. Not like Midsummer. Well, oh, yeah, Lynn still hasn't little seen bit, Midsummer. A little bit. Okay. Well, they haven't. What, what's really fun about this is... Uh, they start getting like, oh my God, we got to cover our tracks. We gotta, we gotta not be found out. We we gotta be. They're just trying to. They're just trying to keep their heads above water and keep the roost going. Okay. But as you know, <laughs> it's not the crime. It's the cover up. <laughs> yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, and and the unexpected uh, things that. Uh, that oh, there's there. so unexpected things because that's the beauty of this. Uh, to me, it's the screenplay of the How year. Are the acting. Then uh, it's it's okay. The story's I mean, better than the actors. Yes, I would say it, it, so. it, it wouldn't matter who was acting in I this. I don't think no. so. No, no, no. But and, they're all be- believable in it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I say, the, the 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 rich woman in it is is very good because she you know is. You know, I think Archie Bunker would have called her a ding bat, you know, mm-hmm. that she's just, you know, just loopy. Well, clearly the husband married her for... <laughs> for her money or her looks. <laughs> for her looks yeah. because Mr. Kim is asking him, well, you know, like like he's saying his wife is a terrible housekeeper, his wife can't cook and everything. And why'd he's like, oh, her? why'd you marry her? And then he laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Look at her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so, that, there's, so there's humor in this too, which is surprising. So there's humor, there's drama, but it's abiding social satire, and then it's absurd. Then it gets weird. Yeah, it's yeah. absurd. Well, they even take a take take a couple a couple of swipes at our friends in North Korea. Also, are the the wonderful uh, friend of our, our president. So, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, the, and then uh, the house. I will say this: you got to pay attention to the house because it was designed by an architect who once lived there. So it is fabulous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the yeah. cinematography and the production design and all that just goes into it. But I think it's going to be a leading contender for foreign film what i did kind of when i went in because it was built up so much yes you know like the film of the year i don't think it's the film of the year but i think it's one of them okay yeah uh, certainly in the in the foreign category like i say yeah yeah. so is are they putting what are they is korea putting this up for their uh, oscar and they've never won, and they've never really had too much. Um, well, this could could be the one. Although I think I think you know, uh, you'd probably did talk about the Banderas uh, Amadori. You love that Glory, movie, Glory. so yeah. so that's going to be a strong one too. Yeah, definitely. And right. uh, like I say, the the one that uh, won over at Sliff this uh, Sunday night, the uh, balloon from Germany, is very good. I don't know if that's going to be in contention or not. 
So. Well, let's switch gears to a movie that I really enjoyed that Lynn thinks is a cash grab. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be the number one movie until Star Wars comes out. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what I say because it, it's going to make a And you said that on the radio. <laughs> it doesn't matter that uh, directed by Christ- Christopher Buck and Jennifer Lee. Jennifer Lee wrote the screenplay, too. And so, but the story was by Jennifer Lee, Chris Buck, Mark Smith, and interestingly enough, Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, uh, Christian Anderson Lopez. So they had a part in writing the story so they could get their music in. Right. And I do, I do like the music because, you know, I'm a musical theater geek. There are as many songs in this one than there are in the first one, which... Even though you, they're iconic, and if you want, do you want to build a snowman in in summer? But are you saying that these little girls will not love these songs in no, six months? I said that. I said the songs are fine. I said that last night. I just think the story's a little. You know, it's a dark for little little ones. That, that's think. that is my only problem with Frozen Two. The story, there was darkness at the end of the first one, but that was just for a moment. And then she don't need no man, and everything turns out all right. This darkness, first of all, it doubles the darkness. Yes. And they are, you don't know what's going to happen to these characters for an eternity in a children's film. The movie's only 95 minutes long. For an eternity, at least a couple of minutes. And if you are a, if you oh, are a girl, that's all right. If you are a young, let's not even say woman or man. If you are a young child, the age of, let's say six and one of your favorite Disney characters, you don't know what happens to them. You will be traumatized. If they, let's just pick, uh, let's a non Disney, a non frozen character. Like if you're watching Toy Story and all of a sudden Woody, you don't know if Woody's dead or alive. Just like Toy Story three at the end of Toy Story three when they're all gonna go into that fire. Oh, oh, yeah. That yeah, was very traumatizing for kids. Well, the, yeah. it's weird like yeah. that in the in Frozen two. It's dark. Yeah. But some yeah, people say the first one was dark. I love, I love the look of the film. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The fall, the autumn, that town. I like the expansion. People don't realize it's from that Hans Christian right. Andersen, it's, it's the, the Snow, Snow Queen. Queen. Sure. And I love the little village and the people. And that ice horse Arendelle. is just gorgeous. I like the big rock monsters myself. Some people like that you. You are an Earth guy, and she is. <laughs> she <laughs> she's, a, she's water a water person. person. <laughs> And water has memory. That's yeah. we learned that from the film. But you know what? That the way that they did that was ingenious because it actually it it's just it starts as a throwaway line, and then it's a recurring joke, and then it actually has a payoff, which a lot of kids' movies wouldn't do, wouldn't think it through that far. And I smiled through most of the film. And I did cry, but I did smile through most of the film because I was having a good time. I it was, it was it's better than it needed to be. Well, it's nice to see them back together. If you you know because uh, uh, Anna and Elsa and Kristoff and Sven and Olaf. Olaf are this you know unified team, kind of like a superhero kind well, of thing. Well, if you watch you know? if you watch the shorts, they've all been hanging out together, and because in the oh, first sure, one yeah. they're separated for most of the film. That's true. That's true. But you're uh, right. And then Kristoff doesn't come till later. But I do. And Kent and I. It's so funny because he just goes on about how the songs aren't good, and I said the songs were good. The songs are good. And, well, and, and I like Weezer and Panic at the Disco having the uh, having right. the cover. Now that that was one of the best parts of the film. Well, I tell you that that one of the songs, Into the Woods, or Lost in the Woods, Lost in the Woods, is very funny because it's presented as a parody of uh, boy band videos. Right, like NSYNC or Backstreet yeah. Boys or even New Kids on the Block or like, Jackson 5. Or... There's room in this Disney film for a satire, right. which is really nice. I enjoy And it's it. really well done. But it looks like they wanted to have two Let It Go type songs for Elsa. And I have to admit, my mind started to wander during Show Yourself. I did not like Show Yourself. And I was like, this is just going on. But she does have a great voice. She does. She's a belter. I mean, geez. But she's actually actually doing that song with uh, Evan Rachel Wood, who plays her mother. It's a flat. That's actually really well done. Yeah. 
But, oh yes, because we're now we're getting more inf- because in the first one we just had hints of mom and dad. This one we have brings origin. It full, well, also the Snow Queen ha- is a full story by Hans Christian Andersen, and I was arguing with somebody. They said, you know, this is just retconning the first one. But it, it's not retconning the. Well, that was me. That was you, Jim. <laughs> I I didn't want to call you out, Jim. Okay, okay. I didn't want to call I will, you. I will say that yeah. Well, this is kind of you know in the in the line of uh, I I mentioned Back to the Future too about uh, Barney McFly flying off chicken. the handle right, when somebody called it chicken. chicken. And there's no mention of that in the first Back to the Future. And of course, you know if this if this uh, nighttime song about. Northernville or whatever the name of the, the right the, the, the hidden, Northumbria Northumbria yes <laughs> no, is hidden community North Narnia as uh, as like there's there's certainly no mention of that in the first film at all but there didn't need to be yeah yeah but uh, which is why the first film is so beloved yeah yeah but like I say I I was just kind of whelmed by this you know not uh, not, not Lynn really thinks it's a cash grab you were underwhelmed I enjoyed it immensely yeah yeah well like I say it's gonna be oh, all gonna, the money it, but it's certainly yes. not the best animated film this year uh, we need to mention St Louis and Sterling K Brown has a his role makes sense. It does, yeah, but and it's, just, it's, it's good a nothing to... role, though. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just not very well, interesting. Well, first character. of all, it's diverse but, with, well, the, with the not, white, with the Scandinavians. Do, well, not only that, but as you have already mentioned, you have five main characters, and one doesn't talk. But no, yeah, five main characters. Yeah, you're including Sven. Yeah, and, because yeah. he's they talk to him, right? <laughs> talk for him, so. and yeah. and that's that's funny that Jason Ritter. Does the same thing with his animals too. I'm not going to give anything else away, but uh, Alfred, every, almost everybody shows up again. Alan Tudyk is in the movie as yeah. many characters, not just the uh, Duke of Weaselton. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, so they're, they're, well, he's in every Disney movie. Yeah, and I think uh, Jeremy Sisto has a nice. Uh, yes, he does as the dad. It, as the, as the I'm grandpa, sorry, the, I guess, of, of Elsa and, yeah. uh, and Anna. Yeah, we and Martha really Plimpton, age when Jeremy Sisto is a dad. Yes, but no, but he, it's a flashback, yeah, so he's playing my age. Yeah. He's yeah. playing maybe you know, thirty-five. Or right, and that, let's see, Jason Ritter, Martha Plimpton, Alfred Molina comes back as the, uh, and the, he really does nothing as the trolls. But then you could argue that they didn't do anything in the first movie, except they do have one funny song in the first. But the trolls do not have a song in this movie, yeah, yeah, which is fine. Thank no, and here. and thanks to Carl, I know that when I left during the Weezer song, that that was not the right you thing should to not. do. You should not. If you remember how the first movie ends, where Marshmallow—this is spoiler for the end of the first movie—if you've not seen Frozen, uh, Marshmallow goes back to the Fortress of Solitude and finds the tiara and puts it on his head and go, "He's <laughs> pretty." And then. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There's something like this, yes. like that, at the very end of this one. So stay to the very end of Frozen 2. Yeah. Or at least to see the production babies, for goodness Exactly. Yes. All right. Um, should we go happy or murdery? Uh, well, whatever oh. you want to do. <sighs> happy or murdery? Uh, well, we're kind of happy with Frozen 2, so maybe murdery. All right, let's go murdery. If you have three and a half, I'm sorry, three hours and 29 minutes ah, to spend, yeah. you can see I Hear You Paint Houses, which technically is the real name of this movie. It's the name of the book. It's the name that's of the, the book. That's based and the on. name of the song at the, or the end credits. Right, also, with Van Morrison and Robbie Robertson, just, and it's just Van Morrison going, I hear you paint houses. <laughs> <laughs> but Robbie, Robbie Robertson has had a uh, long uh, collaboration with uh, Martin Scorsese for the decades. Oh, yeah. And he's been like his go-to music guy, which they could have put a song in from the band from this. I don't know why. It's period piece. Right. And, and so there could have been, the weight could have been in it. Maybe he just feels weird putting his own music in this could be maybe one of those but i will say it's the, the irishman that yeah, we're talking irishman about is the takeaway to me is it is good old-fashioned storytelling with people who haven't been this good in years uh scorsese's at the top of his game using all his little bells and whistles and it's engrossing because it's it's first it's of all true it's a story. real stro- true well, story allegedly well, yeah, yeah, yeah alleged a lot of people it, have some it's based yes. on a, it's based on this book that uh, memoir this uh, Frank Sheeran put together with uh, with Charles Brandt Charles Brandt wrote this while uh, while the Irishman was confessing 
basically, because at the end of the at the end of the movie, the FBI is like, everybody's dead. Who are you protecting? And so he found this reporter and did this book. And then Slate <laughs> Slate put an article out that refuted every single point <laughs> that Frank Sheeran said. So but this is Frank Sheeran's story. Allegedly. Yes, this is his his story. He so claims to have killed Jimmy Hoffa. Right, oh, and yes. Jimmy Hoffa is played by Al Pacino. Oh, brother, he's great. And he is <laughs> he doesn't look fantastic. like Al Pacino, and he does look like Al Pacino at the same time. <laughs> oh, and then Robert De Niro is the Irishman, and then Joe Pesci, who I didn't recognize immediately until he spoke, is really good because he's not playing a caricature of Joe Pesci. He's, he's not playing doing, a real guy. You know, t- but Tony played... DeVito again, or whether his character name from Goodfellas. He's not the wild card, the, uh, the, you know, the loose he's cannon not the that loose, he was in yeah. Casino also. Or le- Lethal Weapon. But in all of those, he was playing a real person. In Casino and in Goodfellas, he was playing a real person. But this one, he's also playing a real person, but instead of being the lackey, He's playing the mob boss, right? He's 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 the already Buffalino in charge. Family, right? And he's like, like he's the calm and the eye of the storm in a lot of scenes. Well, I, yeah. Har- Harvey Keitel was the guy. he was called the quiet Don because he yeah. didn't he didn't yeah. like all the oh, firings. Bruno, yes. Angelo with the with the big ring. Uh, the cast is sprawling because it is three and a half hours, mm-hmm. and. Uh, there are really terrific snippets. Uh, Ray Romano as the Buffalino lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Cannavale as one of the the, the mob dudes. Skinny Razor, yeah. Skinny Razor. Uh, Anna Paquin. Is... Now hold on. Don't mention any women yet because you know they didn't feel like they had any lines. Uh, but let's talk. Uh, Stephen Graham as Tony Pro. Oh, oh wow. really good. I yes. I put him. I singled him out as, yeah. a, as a real standout. The little guy. Little Stephen Van Zant as Jerry. Vale. That's yeah, very funny. I caught that right away. Sebastian Maniscalco, and hilarious crazy comedian. Crazy Joe Gallo. He is really good in this. Uh, then I you've... was telling Ron before we got here. So I wondered, you know, Stephen had to, you know, want Alfred to pay them to to be in the film, you know, mm-hmm. because. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's ultimate for somebody of that Italian heritage, I would think, right. to be in a Scorsese film and you know with De Niro and Pesci and those people. Uh, Pacino's get, never worked with uh, no. Scorsese before. Yeah. No, they hadn't. But they, they, he had worked with he had worked with everybody else. He'd worked with Pesci right. and he'd worked with De Niro, but they'd never worked together. Um, which is they talked about doing it several times and they just finally got around to it well, this is a good one to get around to yes. uh, another one that i would like to mention uh gary bashrabara he was on that show um uh he he's 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 always played a cop this one he played fits he um he was on um that wasn't homicide it was the other oh the number two guy in the union uh, yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah yeah he he was on this nbc cop show and he, he was great in it and i've forgotten it what it was but it was like it's critically uh, adored and then nbc canceled it like after homicide or something? no it wasn't homicide it, it was it was another cop show just oh, like that crime story no it was that was no that that's was also nbc right. but that like got two seasons uh but it the there point, were so many good ones, and they would get rid of them so fast. The point I was trying to make was that with the women, the woman that has the most lines is Catherine Narducci as Joe Pesci's wife. Right, right. Uh, Carrie, the one that smoked all the time. Yes, <laughs> yeah, she's, a, and, she's and, a soprano veteran. And and non and that's most of her lines are that Anna Paquin has the top f- female billing. Yeah. She says six words in the entire film. But the reason she's so effective is because she she's just not talking gives to her dad. Looks, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like she becomes the moral center. Yeah, she's of, the reminder of of Frank's evils, you know. Yeah, but uh, or, you have all these, uh, and uh, Stephanie, uh, Kurt Zwuba. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. She, she played her. Irene. She was the second wife. The second wife, yeah. She doesn't have a the lot waitress. of lies to say. Yeah, uh, Mary Sheeran. That's Aleska Palladino. She's the first wife. She doesn't have that much to say. The daughter that talks the most is uh, Marin Ireland. And she has one scene. And then uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa's wife, played by Walker White, she has some lines. But if you're a woman in this film, 
don't expect to say a lot of things. No. <laughs> well, but that but, was the era, though, too. These wives were just... Yeah. Well, I, say, I find interesting that Hoff, Hoffa's wife, the actress there, was mm. had a prominent role at the end of Goodfellas also. So, right. Well, Mario, go and so, back and, you know, bring so he knows back. he knows how to write for women. Like, look at Lorraine Bracco. She had a very strong oh, part know, in this. Yeah. But it's just that he doesn't... He's not writing... And there are no women parts. Sharon none of Stone and, uh, none and Casino. Casino? Yeah. They didn't go that Oscar. way. Well, well, the screenwriter is Steve Zalian, mm-hmm. who wrote Schindler's List and a bunch of other. Not a lot of women in that. No, <laughs> and a bunch of other movies that are brilliant. And he's just such a good screenwriter. And uh, obviously, for three and a half hours, you got to have everybody's yeah, attention. Yeah, but you think women would talk more? In three and a half hours. But I don't think uh, what they're trying to say. I think in the 50s and the 60s, women were relegated women were seen to and that. Not heard. Yeah, they were, especially in that mob hierarchy where they're just appendages. You know, they're just the homemaker, and then they trot them the out. But I do want to. I do want to say that not just though there are actually men in this movie that. Uh, don't say a lot either. Jesse Plemons. Yes. He doesn't say he's uh, a Hoffa's adopted son. He's and he's right there. And uh, he's a good actor. He, uh, did he win the Emmy for Fargo? I don't know. I don't I, I didn't I don't watch think Fargo, he was, but he was nominated. Right. But either way, he uh, he's right there and he's not saying a word. It's really weird having these great actors and then not using them. To say things. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. even at that, this is an incredible film. I mean, it's I, I said that this is part of the the mob trilogy. Mm-hmm. Even though they're you know, gangsters figure into mean streets and gangs in New York and all that, but uh, I, I figure Taxi this, this Driver. Is, and Taxi Driver. But I think this is the capper that started with Goodfellas, Casino, Casino. and now this. And well mostly because it has Pesci and De Niro, of course. Boomtown. That was the show oh, that I was on thinking NBC. on NBC. Okay, that was the that. cop show. Um, yes, but thanks. You know, the big irony here is if it wasn't for Marvel movies, there would not be the technology to make this movie. Because of the de-aging. Because of the de-aging. Uh, they De- look good. De Niro good. goes from 25 to 80 in this movie. And you can age them up easy. It's the making them 25 that's not. And so Marty has... Uh, industrial light and magic to thank for making the majority of this film. Yeah, so he didn't have to go out and cast younger versions of, of which was what that. you would have done twenty five years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. right? Which, well, look at the Godfather. What I compare this to is I don't know if you guys remember because um, this was right after Godfather one and Godfather two. Coppola, uh, Coppola, whatever. The, it, um, he spliced. The Godfather together. Saga, it's right. called. Or and they would run on, yeah, and yeah, then which, it would run over two nights. Yeah. Which I love because it combined them both. And it's just, a, it's just a wonderful thing. To me, this was like watching that again. It was just so engrossing and it's epic. Because it's three and a half hours long. Well, yeah, and it's epic, but it, it tells that tale because The Godfather was the first movie to lay open that secret La life. Nostra. And then that's when I found out about Crazy Joey and, and all those guys. Yeah, they made a movie. He was friends with yeah. Jerry Orbach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I was going to say there's uh, – a a prominent uh, comedian was asked to join Crazy on that uh, that fateful night. Oh yeah, it was for, Don Rickles who's yeah, in the movie. Yeah, who's played by Jim Norton. Right. And uh, as like you know, Don took a pass, and he said that if he hadn't, he might have. He'd be in, dead. Yeah. Well, no, because the, he was fire. he was the only uh, the the the, uh, the bodyguard got hit in the butt. And I don't think anybody else died except for Crazy Joe. And he was the main, you know, target of it. Right. But I remember those Time Magazine, those pieces, you know, with the big pictures of the... And then when Pacino is in Godfather uh, and he goes in, uh, you know, leave the gun, take the cannoli, Mm -hmm. uh, that is based on a real case, too. And so you remember those images in your head. Well, they mentioned they mentioned that clam restaurant on The Sopranos, like in, like, the pilot episode. Yeah, yeah. And it's still... And... I read a review of the clam restaurant. Uh, it begins with a U. It's very famous. Umbertos. Your, Umbertos. And they <laughs> they uh, they say tourists show up there waiting for like the Sopranos to show up <laughs> instead of you know trying to like get clams. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you, you talk about Deborah Martin uh, Scorsese using the uh, you know some of the Marvel tech to de-age his actors. It's interesting also that uh, the main producer of this film is Netflix. Yeah. And uh, it seems like it was only maybe a year or two ago that uh, his buddy Spielberg was sort of heading the charge against Netflix. Well, against that, that's because Stephen went to go work for Apple. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, so, uh, but I think uh, no, Netflix was the only ones that wanted to. Put out that like the hundred and seventy five million dollar budget for the, the this right. film needed because of because of the de aging. Yeah, yeah. And well, just recreating the the fifties and the sixties and all that. Uh, it's definitely a landmark for Netflix to land this. Uh, it comes out on on Netflix the day before Thanksgiving, so mm-hmm. families will be gathered around the television after watching uh, The Mandalorian. Oh wait, no. <laughs> and then right. and and then uh, it is in two theaters in St. Louis starting today. It is The Chase and Plaza Frontenac. If you want to see it on the big screen, oh. I liked seeing it on the big screen. Why you went to the bathroom though? I did go to the bathroom. But so you missed something. Well, yeah, I didn't drink anything all day. But the thing is, after they kill Hoffa, there is still an hour left. This movie could have been a lot tighter. It could have, but lost about 15, 20 minutes. At least a half hour. I know. And you know what? I'm not saying that I don't like this movie. I don't love this movie. It's really well done, though. Well, I think maybe because the last. Act maybe the epilogue is is kind of downbeat. It's it's Marty going into a different territory that he's to, you know talking about mortality and about age and aging and being a survivor of those wild times. And now he he really you know went into that with his other gangster epics. Well, they and, they they do give they do give a little you know Hollywood trope with. Uh, and then they they'll pause the frame and they'll show this guy was shot in the face ten times and oh, yeah. uh, except that's interesting. I'm glad they showed that. I'm glad they showed what happens to the yeah. people. Um, but Joe Pesci's character died of natural causes. I know, isn't that at interesting? ninety? Isn't that interesting? I loved how they wove the story of America, the times into the whole thing you hear the news in the background you hear yeah, you the don't music really know what year it is you and then you think oh well, what time is this and then bay of pigs invasion just happened i'm like oh so i guess it's 1962 and well, then you know the what? kennedy the kennedy well, election kennedy. with the with the mob all mm-hmm. well yeah. you know what tickled me the most is they were going to have a big teamsters meeting at, in Florida, and they recreated the opening of the Jackie Gleason show. Scorsese does that. Uh, that camera shot like you're uh, in a little drone going over the ocean towards the the city, and I and they, he used the music from the Jackie Gleason show, the variety show. And I was I was looking for the great one to show up, maybe as entertainment at the Teamsters, but it didn't happen. But no, oh, it's just wonderful how they weave in all the times and the references and the cinematography by is it Robert, Rodrigo. Yeah. Yes. Pieto, yeah. he was the one who did Silence and the other, uh, did he do Wolf of Wall Street? I'm not sure. Oh, but yeah. he's, he, we um, worked with Inaratsu. I thought, I thought uh, the cinematographer was a woman. No, you're thinking the editor. You're thinking the oh, film. Okay. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. His famous editor who edits all his movies. Okay. Well, she could have um, kept going. But uh, the cinematographer, um, he, in, he worked with Inaratu. That's why I, I looked her up because I thought she could have kept going. Yeah, Sorry. and and I thought she uh, was, uh, I mean, I thought he was brilliant. I think he's the one that got mad at Inaratu for not giving him credit for something or whatever, but now he's working with Scorsese. We have had such good cinematography this year that it's really And we're going to see 1917 next week with Roger Deakins. Oh, I know, and it's It's supposed supposed to look like one shot. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you can see this on on a, on a big screen, great. Really? But I well, say no. Well, you know, if you it's a, if it's a comfortable theater, I will say that. I'm saying no. I say wait till it's theater. on Netflix. Uh, wait a week and it'll be on Netflix. But they're also saying that Netflix is actually probably losing hundreds of millions of dollars by not putting this out. In theaters, yeah, because they, they they gave Roma a lot more time in theaters than they they're doing. Well, that's this because one. there was pushback, and it yeah. was in Spanish. Well, that they're they're fighting against Disney Plus right, right now, so this is a big gun they've got against the Disney streaming service. So they're going to use it right now. So. Well, Netflix has three marquee. Um, well, actually, four. What? They have four movies that You've they got... are pushing for Oscars. You have uh, the Irishman. Marriage Story, Dolomite, The Two Popes, 
and Dolmite oh. is my name. Really? Two Popes yes. is Netflix, too, huh? Yes. 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 And so they are really pushing for the awards. Oh, yeah. They got to they gotta get one, they say, to keep afloat from the, the Disney onslaught, I guess. But I guess it's also for prestige because... Yeah, but what, Disney, oh. Disney's mostly nostalgia. Their their movies are not... I mean, Well, they put the Anna, pa- the Anna Kendrick one on. That's the Christmas movie. Okay. That's that's Noel. That's fluff, yeah. Yeah, well, that's fluff. That's that's to get that's to get people from stop watching Hallmark or Lifetime. Well, score or Netflix. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Score says he's got such a reputation, though everything is so anticipated, just like a Tarantino film, or you know, like when we saw Wolf of Wall Street a couple years ago. Remember what the big reaction was that for that? So I think it's the prestige factor of getting this troop together, and also for for one last time. Because they'll never, I would imagine that they will not do something of this oh, yeah, grand to, scope again. Had to pretty much, pretty much drag Pesci into this. Asked him fifty screaming. times, yeah, and he said no. So I think it's it's that factor, and then also, this is such a layered movie that at some point, I'm sure that if I watched it again, I would get a lot of more. Yeah, you but know. you can pause it then. Yeah, and I then know. You can and go to the bathroom. I think people are so used to now. Of watching films in their home. and if they want, like my brother-in-law won't go to cinema. He will only watch things at home. But he's got quite the setup. Well, th- and then they can drink wine and they can have a snack. And- For example, they gloss over when he switches wives. Yeah. So so quickly. I know. And, and, why, like, and why does he have the girls? Because I don't understand that. Why see, they- that doesn't make sense to me because he's got the money. But I'm, I'm saying that they, that is something that you would have to rewind because basically he does it in voiceover and yeah. says exactly. Uh, there's don't work out. There's well, no, he says there's no good time to leave your wife, so I did, and that. But you, he says it while things are going on, while he's walking the waitress to the car, and it's that is something that you would need to rewind to make sure you get because I even heard somebody walking out of the theater going. When did he? When did he marry the waitress? It's so quick. That's how much yeah. the women are uh, not underutilized in this film. Also, I did feel bad. There was this woman that really had to go to the bathroom, and the minute she did, they killed Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, <laughs> they killed, and I'm like, oh, honey. I'm so sorry for you. Oh yeah. Well, I I tried to time it so that it was like. Well, but but you know what? If you would have timed it, you wouldn't you wouldn't have thought that Jimmy Hoff. There's going to be so much more movie bef- that after Hoff was killed, it goes on a long. The denouement and the uh, final act is honestly Jimmy Hoff is the end of Act Two probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. yeah I see that, and yeah, it three keeps acts. it keeps going. Well, it's going to be in the conversation for awards for sure, and and it should uh, uh, Al Pacino for supporting for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think that that was uh, some people are saying Pesci, but I think Pacino's going to get it uh, overall. Like if there's only one of them, because and they've both won, so <laughs> it's true, right? There's four Oscars between the three of them, right? Yeah. Right. So I just was uh, happy that it was, it. I called it meticulous and methodical. And overlong. I loved all this stuff. Cause, you know, there oh, was, I could watch some more of it. <laughs> I, I, I loved those road trips, like the Stuckies and everything. And, and it was America. It was like they stayed at a Howard Johnson's. Mm-hmm. And, and just the well, way. that's because Hoffa loves ice cream. Yeah. That's right. And he's ginger ale. And the way he, the way that the hotel rooms and just everything in their houses like and then the restaurants all the dark paneling and then the wives though getting in the car smoke having smoke breaks and being dressed like they were was just like the moms of the 60s well they were i know and it just it was like meticulous in recreating those eras yeah yeah all right um do you guys want to go to a movie i didn't see or would you like to talk about the happy movie we can uh, talk about the well. Yeah. You're talking about a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes. Well, I did not see that, so I can listen. <gasps> oh, to you it. didn't see it. No, he, no. he had to go see Charlie's Angels. Oh. I am the only critic from our group that endured and survived Charlie's Angels. Sorry. Yes. I heard it wasn't good. Oh, you talk about overlong. It's like 100 minutes, and it's way too long. Well, Lynn, the documentary is better. It is. 
And I said, I said that. And I said, the biggest thing for me with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is... That it's not real. The mis- No, it's not real. And the misleading advertisement. Tom Hanks is supporting actor rather than the lead. It is the reporter's story. And uh, I think that... I have a problem because I read about the real story. Well, yeah, I did too. After seeing and the and Tom Gerard Juno, how do you Juno? John Juno, Juno or Juno? He is actually in the documentary, and we talked about this uh, uh, earlier. Sully, I hate Sully because everything about Sully is fake. Because nothing, but after he lands the plane, there was no FAA thing. All that's BS. That didn't happen. And it was like five minutes. Oh, thanks for saving everybody, Sully. We're not, there was no taking him in. Clint Eastwood made all that crap up. This, when they do this is the same. Chris, uh, there was no Chris Cooper character. Um, no, it was not daddy issues. It was career issues. It was because uh, he had just uh, written about Kevin Spacey and, and got ripped out up. of him. And he also he works for ESPN now. Yeah, ESPN the magazine as a writer. And in it, and he was based in Atlanta when this friendship with not, Mr. Rogers happened. Not New York, and they they switched his name to Lloyd Vogel because I I wondered if Tom didn't want his name associated with this. But then he's he talks about it. He like they premiered. You know, I mean, he was probably at the premiere. He. And Mr. Rogers developed a friendship that lasted yeah. until Mr. Rogers died in 2003. And he and his wife, they're always saying, what would Mr. Rogers do? Mm-hmm. Which is a good way to live, I think. But I do think that it's a sham because... Oh, and it, even though the brother-in-law has some really funny lines at the end. Right. And I do like... Mr. Rogers, were you really a sniper in Vietnam? <laughs> See, that's then, funny. And then think about the tattoos. And then remember when the joke was that he was a Navy SEAL? Right. And, oh, do you have tattoos, Mr. Rogers? Uh, first of all, because of the documentary. Which is my, which oh, was, thank you for mentioning me on the radio last night without mentioning me. That was my favorite film last year. Yeah, I oh, did. Oh, you said, said that. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. me. That was my favorite film last year. I cried like a little baby. And I loved Mr. Rogers. I had the uh, Channel 13 uh, uh, video camera because growing up, I was born in 1970. And so this was all – I had all this. And uh, Lady Elaine Fairchild, and I know all these characters – they didn't do anything with Lady Elaine. They only did. They didn't. They did X the Owl. They did Henrietta Pussycat. And they Mr. Did, McFeely. And the, oh, Mr. McFeely. The real Mr. McFeely is actually in the movie. Oh. Because the wife, if the night we saw it, uh, Mrs. Rogers uh, introduced the film, and then yeah. she's in the diner scene. And if we wouldn't have known that, we wouldn't have known that. Right. And then Daniel Tiger. Who's and then Daniel Tiger, on. who's still on TV, because yeah. it's Daniel Tiger's yeah. neighborhood Little now. Little kids love Daniel and the, Tiger. But they, but they have X the Owl and they have King Friday. They didn't have the Queen or their son, nor did they have uh, uh, Lady Elaine Fairchild. And these names are all just coming back to me. And I can see the whole land of make-believe and what's over to the left and what's over to the right. I was a Mr. Rogers fan, and that's why I like the documentary A Beautiful— uh, no, uh, won't you, won't be, you be my, my neighbor? neighbor? Yeah, yeah. Is a better film than this, and Michael Keaton's in the very first scene. Yes, he is. Uh, no, yeah. Pittsburgh. I think uh, people uh, have such anticipation for this movie because they they did think love the that documentary. they think that Tom Hanks is in it, and and then also Tom <laughs> Hanks all is very good as the kind, gentle soul, Mister Rogers, because I think the documentary reminded us what the real de- what that he was the real deal, and in this world, it's so contentious and divisive. That kindness, like Mr. Rogers, is is a good thing. So they've cut this trailer to ha- be. It's all Fred Rogers. It's all Fred Rogers, and Matthew Reese is a good actor. Mm-hmm. He won the Emmy for The Americans. He has played several reporters before, including <laughs> in, the uh, in the Report and mm-hmm. the well, the Post. He was Daniel Ellsberg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was the whistleblower. Right. Okay. So, so, uh, and then he was Emmy nominated for the girls when he played this, uh, this uh, sexual predator writer. Oh, good. Yeah. But, so. uh, but Chris Cooper is great in a fictional role. Yeah. And he's Chris Cooper. He's, he's Chris Cooper. Well, what yeah. made me mad about this is, okay, like, 
do we have to go to the dysfunctional family plot, which was so predictable? You knew exactly everything that was going to happen. Oh, Fred's going to well, show and, up at their and, house. And, and, is, is Chris kind of playing a variation of his American Beauty character? No, because no, he's no. playing a real jerk. He's playing. Well, a he was a jerk in American well. Beauty. Yeah, yeah well, but yeah, but he was very military in oh, that okay. one. That was, remember, and he made his dad, yeah. And, yeah. He wasn't like a alcoholic loser. Oh, okay. This it. guy, this guy, broke up with his first wife and turned his life around, and he wants to make amends with his son, and his son wants no part of it. Right, and then his wife. Who, this is a thankless role for mm-hmm. Susan, is it Kalecki Watson? Kalechi Watson. Kalechi Watson. She's on This Is Us. She plays Sterling K. Brown's wife in This Is Us. This is a thankless, I now have a baby. I have to take care of the baby. My husband's being uh, not He's being, never home. He's, yeah, the only, he's yeah. working, not spending he's, any time. He's being an absentee father. Didn't take time off to be with the kid, even though the work said he could. And uh, Yeah. And now he did write for Esquire. He did do there. There are yeah. parts of the film that are true. Nineteen ninety-eight. But oh, and um, Enrico uh, Colantoni, he's really good as playing the oh, real life yeah. character as the station manager. Keith Mars, yeah. Yes, and uh, Elliot from Just Shoot Me. Yeah. So he's comfortable around a TV set. <laughs> so he's really good as a as a real life person. Uh, I wish you actually could have seen a little bit more of the dynamic. Now, the scene that where I cried, I cried at Frozen 2 and I fi- cried at Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. The scene where I cried was the scene that is actually in the trailer when this is actually in the article, in the Esquire article, when they were on the subway and all the kids start singing. I did. I Fred choked Rogers. up. Well, in the movie, it looks like it's mostly adults singing, though, too. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a school class. It's school kids oh. from underprivileged neighborhoods that watched Fred Rogers and hey Mr. Rogers ah it's such a it's that is a really good scene yeah and Tom Hanks just nails Fred Rogers and they're related the whole <laughs> that's right the halting uh, voice, the kindness, mm-hmm. the compassion. It's very good. Uh, they asked me on the radio last night, well, was there anything that you found out about Mr. Rogers that you didn't know? And they said, well, if you watch the documentary, the only thing I can remember from the fiction one is that he's a vegetarian. No, and I, there are things that I remember from the article, which is I knew from the article in Esquire that he liked to take pictures of everybody. They incorporate that in the movie. Yeah, that is clever. And then also I liked when they were showing the filming of it and that one little boy that was being obstinate and Fred turns his magic and the parents are so relieved. And then the crew's waiting and, and, you know, like, oh, my God. How many days a week does he do this? Every day. And the dioramas were clever. Mm Mm-hmm. But... Other than that, I gave it a B. It's still good. It's, it's good. St- if you have not watched the documentary, maybe this will get you to watch the documentary. If you loved Fred Rogers, you will like this, but you'll be disappointed because there's not enough Fred Rogers. And the framing of the uh, whole story is kind of weird also because you don't know. That's when they tell you it's not real at the very beginning because they act, they act like Fred, that Lloyd is a project of Fred. And he's not. No. But that's he was just Fred Rogers. He And it was like, was Fred Rogers really that way? And I know Ray was giving you trouble last night. How's this movie PG? There's a massive fight scene at a wedding. That's why yeah. there is. That yeah, I said it's the Jerry Springer. I go, it's a family that's like the Jerry Springer show. And uh, Kelly, Christine Lottie as the uh, editor. Very yes. small, small role. And yeah. the woman playing Lady Aberlin. Uh Betty Aberlin looks exactly like Betty Aberlin did on the PBS show. She does. And the, the and the, oh, and she's everything. cute. <laughs> the eyeshadow. Well, all, and also the Mr. McFeely guy looks kind of same, but as I said, the real Mr. McFeely is in the film, oh. hiding somewhere. And I thought I thought that uh, Joe Negro, Handyman Joe, was in the film too, or but or it was some guy that looked exactly like him in a diner scene. And because I, I remember Fred Rogers, and I just was would have been very happy, but I guess he might have passed away because all those guys, they're really old. <laughs> all right, so I liked it, but I didn't love it. Just like I feel about The Irishman. I if of the three movies that I've seen this week, I'm putting Frozen Two on top. Okay. 
Oh. Sorry. I wouldn't. You are not. And then the, the report is in theater. We yes. talked about the report. Yes. We did. We and I, I find it very dry and very – Dan loves it. I find it very dry and something that you will watch in school one day. Yes, it's a message that you need to see, but – it's so. Should we should we go into the two films I've seen that yes. you two haven't yes. seen? Okay, Charlie's I Angel. No, no. Well, that's that should be gone by December. There's so seven movies out today. I know, I know. Well, one of them it, to be avoided at all cost is Frankie. Even though it has uh, a, an interesting cast, it's got a lot of European actors headed by Isabelle Huppert. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Iris Sachs, who I believe the, the film he did uh, that I enjoyed a couple of years ago was Love is Strange with uh, Lith- John Lithgow and Alfred Molina as a, a oh, older yeah, couple. Yeah. And I enjoyed the movie Little Man with Greg Kinnear. And Greg Kinnear is sort of the token uh, American in this, along with Marissa Tomei. Basically, uh, Hubert plays a internationally famous movie star who's uh, getting up in years. She's on Husband Number 3 or 4, played by Brendan Gleeson. She decides to have her family uh, and a couple of friends, the Americans, join her uh, in uh, the uh, beach town in Portugal. Is her name Frankie? Her name was Francesca. They, everyone calls her Frankie, pretty okay. much. Yeah, so that's where you get that that from. But, boy, it's just a lot of people walking and talking and just, you know, saying, you know, sharing like way Sorkin? too much. Not interesting walk and talk like okay. Sorkin. You know, not brisk walk and talk for sure. But oh, they're just uh, walking along but the beach. But here's, here's, here's the part that'll irk Carl here for sure because – Greg Kinnear's character is a, a director of photography, and uh, when he arrives uh, in in Portugal, he and Marissa Tomai's character, who is a hairstylist on movie sets, that's mm-hmm. how she knows Frankie, they said, oh, this was a heck of a trip for you from America. I said, no, we were, uh, we were over in Spain, and he says, I, I'm working on Star Wars. And that's how he refers to the movie, to Star Wars, not the next it, Star Wars, not be. the new Star Wars. Well, that would have been episode two because I, I visited that screen. I, I, I visited that set because they did the uh, Naboo scenes and it's a very, I know exactly where she, he's talking about. But this set in, the, in today's right. world. He, he yeah. would have said Attack of the Clones or the new Star Wars. Or, yeah. right. or you know, and he, and he said, I can't tell you much more about it, but otherwise George Lucas will come after me. And it's like, so, this is supposed to be set in, in 2019. And, oh, wow. So, and Lucas... Pretty much has anything. nothing to do with it, and like so I it's say, not taking place in two thousand and well, it's supposed to be. They all have their other you know, uh, top of the line cell phones and this and that, and there's a lot of scenes that go nowhere. Later on, uh, two characters meet, and within minutes, one is telling the other one about this horrific, embarrassing, awkward first sexual experience, and who does this? And it just meanders on and on, and it is. One of the worst films of the year. People always uh, get onto us being mm-hmm. critics. It's like, oh, you'll just love anything that's foreign and has subtitles. Mm-hmm. No, about a third of this is subtitles, and, and subtitle, it's crap. and it's crap. It's junk. And uh, I just felt bad for the actors in it because they're all so much better. Brendan Gleeson just oh, kind of yeah. wanders around with his head down through most of it, and it's awful. It's only playing at think in one theater, and it'll be on within a week or so. Good. But the other one, which was a pleasant surprise, Dan it Dan loved it. Twenty One Bridges. Dan loved it. Said Chadwick it, Boseman's amazing. He is good in it. He is very good. It seems like uh, he's either the Black Panther or he's a a true person here. He's played Thurgood Marshall, James Brown, mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson. Here he's trying to establish himself as an action star aside from the uh, Marvel Universe. He does a pretty good job with it. Of course, they're selling this film as being from the Russo brothers, mm-hmm. but they're producers on okay. it. It's actually directed, I believe the fellow's name is Brian Kirk, who's made a name for himself yeah. with uh, Game of Thrones and Penny Dreadful. And in my review, which you can read at We Are Movie Geeks, I uh, compare it to an old-fashioned B-movie movie it's uh harkens back to the 40s and the 30s when the major studios controlled theaters and they'd have the big prestige film and for the theaters that did double features they'd have a b picture though it's a smaller budget usually a mystery or something with you know actors that weren't quite as well known of course chadwick is well known because his last yes. two movies did a billion dollars each yeah but uh but yeah it's it's nice it's about uh 
a, a drug heist gone terribly wrong. Uh, the two uh, the two drug uh, robbers. They're trying it, to the, escape. They're trying to escape the, uh, island. the city, the island. And in the trailer, you see him saying, you know, we're going to shut down everything, all 21 bridges, and we're going to flood the city with blue. And that's because uh, these two guys, in escaping from this uh, this drug uh, drug robbery, uh, end up murdering eight cops. Oh. oh. And so the police are wanting not only to catch them, but are wanting to make sure they don't lawyer up and for certain they don't uh, you know go to trial or, or make it to this precinct. Yes, yes, and that's why they call in. Um, Andre, the character played by Chadwick Bosman, because he has a reputation of uh, of firing if he feels if he's in danger, he will draw his weapon and use it. And mm. the film starts with him, uh, you know, at the funeral of his father when he was a little boy. His father was a cop too, who got gunned down in the line of duty. Oh. And then the, the first scene of him as an adult is before the uh, Internal Affairs Board there, with the reviewing his his current action. And so they think he's you know going to be a pit bull and go after these two guys. The two guys are played by uh, Taylor Kitsch, mm-hmm. who uh, will probably be forever known as uh, John Carter. But, uh, but <laughs> I know he, of Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, yeah but uh, he 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 wanted to be a movie star, but he had like the three duds right in a row. A poor yeah. guy had and, battleship. And, don't tell that to Max. Savage. Yeah, I know that John Carter Max has loves its defenders. John, yes. But uh, but no, it did defender. Well, it's he, Max. He it, even he even I know went, somebody likes it too. Okay. He was on the second season of True Detective after the landmark first season, and the second season was such a dud, yeah. and he was one of the main people in that. Yeah. But the other one, the more sensitive of the two hitmen, it's not, it's a variation of good cop, bad cop. Is you know the the the, the kid that's in over his head is mm-hmm. Stephen James, who oh. uh, yeah oh, I re- um, from, uh, from from Beale Street. If Beale Street could talk, he was and, a naughty, uh, and, and Jesse Owens' race, yes. So they're very good in it, and like I say, they're being pursued all over the city. There's a great uh, cameo, not cameo, he's got two or three scenes. Uh, Alexander Sitting, who will, will forever be Dr. Bashir from Star Trek Deep Space Nine to me, okay. he plays a money launderer, and he's... Uh, he's <laughs> trying to I help refer- these guys? He's, he's, he's going to take care of them there, and he's uh, got like a full fortress apartment, and he's one around it in a uh, in a uh, uh, sort of dinner jacket robe that could have been from uh, Vincent Price's old wardrobe or something. It's very very interesting character. And J.K. Simmons shows up as a uh, as a cop who uh, or as the captain of the 85th precinct who loudly says, you know. Take care of these guys when Andre show, uh, shows up, and mm-hmm. you know he wants the uh, he wants the two uh, the two hitmen taken care. Danny of. Danny said this movie would have been perfect in like 1983. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, not overdone. There's not entire blocks that are destroyed. The cars uh, are not defying gravity like they do in Fast and Furious. So this harkens back, like I say, to a an old fashioned sort of uh, cap uh, cop action thriller type of thing, and you know it's it's. It's going to be, you know, swallowed up by the serious films this season. But if you run across it when it's streaming, it's it, you know, it'll certainly satisfy your uh, interest if you're an action fan. And if this was in, if this was out in 1983, you would have, it would have been on HBO every Saturday night. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah. If you like, so it's an entertaining action flick. Yeah, yeah. I think I gave it smarter or dumber or exactly where it needs to be. It's about where it needs to be. The only real fault I have with it is Sienna Miller shows up as a narcotic narcotics detective, and her name is is uh, Frankie also. Oh. and uh, she's she's hitting the uh, the Brooklyn Bronx accent a little too hard sometimes. Oh yeah. Well. yeah, I got a nanny at home. I got a you know I got to you know get a contact with her. So we get these guys. All right. <laughs> oh, Sienna. <laughs> All right, uh, quickly, let's talk DVD releases. Dora and the Lost City of Gold. I enjoyed it, but that's because I grew up with Dora. And Mr. Rogers. And Mr. Rogers. Well, actually, my daughter grew up with Dora and Diego. Uh, Blinded by the Light. I was the only I was the yeah. only one that saw this movie. Yeah, yeah. And it, we were, Jim and I were talking about this before you got here. Um, it's a different kind. It's more about the the Packy family than it is Bruce and how Bruce Springsteen. And I still will maintain that this kid would have known who Bruce Springsteen was because he acts like, Oh my gosh, who's this? He, he loved pop music. And so in 1983, he would have known at yeah. least oh, dancing yeah. in the dark. Sure. 
Uh, I didn't oh, see yeah. Catch Twenty Two. Wasn't that a miniseries? That was Hulu, right? That was Hulu. Okay. George Clooney was a big uh, gun on that, right? Right. Um, was he? Was He's Aaron? acting in it. Okay. It's got a small role, I think, right? Uh, I don't know. I didn't I see so. it. Yeah, he was a producer on it too, the director. Did you either of you see Cold War? That I was, did. That was the foreign film from last year, right? Not a fan. That was. <laughs> That boy, that was a long time ago for it finally getting a DVD the, release. The, the, they're awful people. I don't like watching love stories with awful people, and uh, I just, I, it, you know, What's it's got from? a backstory. Well, it's it's uh, the director's parents' story. Oh Wait, yes, I remember you talking yeah, about this. Yeah, in black this. and white, it's shot mm-hmm. black and white, right? Yeah, it's beautifully shot. I will say that it's beautifully shot. It's post World War II. There's a lot of baggage with these two people. Uh, she is way younger than he is, but they're she's just really cruel to him. And so it's like if your mother and father were like this, and you made a movie, that's really creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. That's my personal opinion. And yeah. Lynn didn't know what American Dreamer was. I don't either. I don't know. It's out on know. video. It's on DVD. It might want to have been straight to video or maybe one of those series. There's so many series on, I know, on TV. I, I cannot American keep Dreamer. up. Like I'm watching uh, The Mandalorian every Friday. Oh, my. As you should, but, you know, we're not going to talk about it because I, I can't believe that so much stuff has gotten out of, about The Mandalorian, like, immediately. And for those people that haven't seen it, um, I'm sorry, but Baby Yoda. Because that's what that's all anybody knows about it. Uh, here, there's a baby Yoda. Uh, yes, they're not. Oh. No, we don't know. But baby Yoda is one of the cutest things ever. Oh, it sounds awesome. Oh, by the way, American Dreamer stars Jim Gaffigan. He plays a uh, oh. guy that's uh, running around uh, taking a chauffeuring a drug runner. Oh, that's you did one. see this? No, no, I did not see this. I heard about it. We weren't made Who available. Did uh, you're thinking of that other movie with him, which was um, being being Frank? Yeah, that being was awful. Frank. Yeah, I saw that. That was awful. Yeah. Okay, thank you for looking that up, Jim. I heard about that because that's against type, him playing the drug... The bad guy. Yeah, 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 they decide it's going to take down the, you know, steal the drug lord's money and all that, yeah. Yeah, so next week for the Thanksgiving holiday... Microphone, Lynn. uh, Next week for the Thanksgiving holiday, we will have noises... We will have noises out. Off. Knives out. We will have knives out. Which I did not see. And Honey Boy, which is the, the story of Shia LaBeouf, with that fabulous kid actor Noah Jupe. Mm-hmm. Ford is Lucas Brody. Hedges in that too? And Lucas Hedges. I haven't is seen in him it. in a while. He's in wa- he's in Waves. He is. Well, that's good. That's see, good. I Wave, I, I found out what Waves was about, and now I don't want to see it. I found out the whole because it's based on something else, and I read the whole summary, and I don't want to see it now. It's uh, different. It's different. It it grabs hold of you. It's like two movies in one. Yes, that's why I don't want to see it. But it's very powerful. And, and also, the two young people in it are fantastic. Yeah, it is. Also opening Wednesday is, uh, I believe, Dark Waters. Oh, that's right, which you've seen and we haven't. Oh, I, neither of you have seen no, it. I thought uh, you saw it, Lana. There, no. there was a daytimer and there was a hockey game that day, and I didn't think I could make both of them. I, so. th- I think it's one to be considered for the end of the year. Uh, I think Ron and Joy did see it. They saw it, yeah. So uh, upon my recommendation. So, yeah. You told them to see Dark Waters rather than go see, see Parasite. Parasite. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. But I connected more with Dark Waters than Parasite. Which but. you and Dan both described as Aaron Brockovich without the boobs. Without the boobs. Without the, you know. No, the no, based on a true story. Mark Ruffalo's not in any bustiers in it. They're but called tainted boobs, water's Ed. a good good subject to tackle. Yes, it's corporate it's a, tainted water injuring people. Good work by uh, Tim Robbins in it too, uh, and Han Hathaway. So. Uh, do you guys want to say uh, what won at Sliff? Yeah, Can't. we were the chairs. So uh, our documentary was "We Believe in Dinosaurs." It's about a Noah's Ark theme park in Kentucky. Didn't it get flooded? Yeah, it um, did. Yeah. Well. Um, this is about uh, creationism versus evolutionism. Uh-huh. And it's about religion versus science, and it's fascinating. Okay. And uh, that was our documentary. Winner. And what one narrative? The narrative, the Joe Pollock narrative, was won by a British film directed by Ken Loach. His follow-up to uh, I, Daniel Blake is called Sorry We Missed You, and it refers to uh, one of those uh, delivery trucks that are 
I oh, guess like so. a UPS or a FedEx? Well, or DHL? More like, more, more like Amazon. Okay. Yeah, these are, you know, this is a guy trying to, you know, having a tough time making ends meet. His, uh, his wife is having to take care of uh, the elderly and infirm that are out of their homes. Uh, they've got a couple of teenage kids. And they're just just barely scraping by. And, the gig economy. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's tough. It's it's uh, it's a heartbreaker. But uh, yeah, one of our one of our friends uh, today posted that he thought it was incredibly boring. I thought it was incredibly moving myself. But then and I thought the same of Daniel Blake. So if you like that one, <laughs> you probably I like, did sorry, like I Daniel you. Blake. So sorry we missed you. But uh, but yeah yeah it's it's a good film. Hopefully it'll play one of the theaters here in the next few months or so. So we'll see. Well, we'll talk to you next week, everyone. Where can we find you, Jim? You can find me over at WeAreMovieGeeks.com. You can find me, Carl Middleman, at, let's see, at underscore Carl the Intern on Twitter and Instagram. You can hear me on the Intercom family of radio stations, which would be KMOX, KFTK. I'll be on 198 Monday morning. Uh, Also, uh, Now 96.3 and KZK. They're playing Christmas music right now. And you can also hear me every Saturday night with Max Movie, Max Movie, Max Foise on Max on Movies, which uh, you can get that podcasted because Mizzou football keeps interrupting us. So, oh. and Lynn, I can be found in the TimesNewspapers.com, which is uh, Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West End Word, and on KTRS every Thursday night. But for Thanksgiving, we'll have to figure out. Well, no, I'm, you won't. I be. bet it'd be Wednesday. So thanks for listening. Go to the movies. Let us know what you think. And uh, we're all on socials. So, Find us. Yeah, hit us up. Right. Bye-bye. Bye.